Welcome to episode 60 of Voice in Education. This is Julie Daniel Davis. And today I have with us Dave Itzbitsky of Amazon Alexa. Dave, would you please tell our listeners who exactly you are, what your role is, how you got involved with voice? Oh gosh, yeah. And and hello, episode 60 already. Congratulations. I feel like that is amazing. Um how did I get involved with this stuff? And uh, it was just right place, right time for me. I, you know, I've had the type of role, um, you know, it's so rare in life that when you get a chance where you figure out what your passion is and you can also get paid for it. Sure. And so for me, I am one of those rare cases and I feel really blessed. It was, uh, I was in my like early thirties and I had done this whole, kind of IT career, you know, like you're on a, this director path, you go to like CTO and was managing people. And I was just doing the nine to five thing, you know? And uh, I had like this epiphany of like, I didn't sign up to just like go and look at budgets and, and work on technology that's 10 years old. I'm like, right. I feel like I'm lying to that 12 year old Dave that was so excited how tech was going to change the world. And it was just serendipity that um, there was a Microsoft.com jobs. I just went to that URL one day. I just felt, you know, intuitively, instinctually, like maybe I should check it out. And uh, there was this evangelist job. And I was like, evangelist, what is that? And I started reading the description. It's like passion for tech, love speaking, works with the community, educate, just everything that kind of happened to me naturally. And um, that was over 13 years ago. And so I did that first. And so you'll see videos out there of me talking about everything from like Xbox to Visual Studio. Right. And then Amazon uh, called me up around 2013 and was like, hey, we're starting a, an app store. Back then they were, it was called Kindle tablets. It wasn't called right. Fire tablets. And mm -hmm. I had been, I had helped launch uh, Windows Phone and the Windows Phone store, which eventually became the Windows store. And I was working on Windows 8. Uh, and I was like, I love, I've always, you know, and you figure out where your passions are too. We were, we were talking about this a little bit before for me, yeah. I always, I was always the, a gadget type of person. Like mm -hmm. I like the new, I like to hold the new gadget and I was always getting the new phone or the new TV or the new computer. You could see I've got older computers over here in the, in the studio. Um, and so I was never like that enterprisey, you know, side of things. Sure. I, needed, I was just always excited. So when there was the opportunity to work with Amazon and apps, I was like, yeah, I, I'm totally, I'm all for that. And so really enjoyed that. I did that for about a year and a half. So from 2013 to 2014, uh, we saw success there, international rollouts with the Amazon App Store. We also tried a lot of really cool things. Like we call that an Amazon um, two-way door decisions where you try something and if it doesn't work, you know, it doesn't work, your customers will tell you, but you're not afraid to experiment, right? You yeah. think big so and in we education, doing things. Failing forward is the way we call that in education. <laughs> right. Um, and it, it's, it's like we were doing things seven years ago of like paying developers for the amount of time that a player might be engaged with their game. Right. right? And that became, a, I think it was called Amazon Underground. And it, like it's just different ways, which I think is actually a, a great way um, to think about it is that, you know, if, if people are engaged with you more, you know, it's, it's a different model versus... Um, at the time, everything was ads, you know? Sure. And so, had a lot of success with that, uh, helped launch Fire TV and Fire Phone, and then they were like, hey, what do you think of this thing? Uh, and that was 2014, and I, I brought it home 
was using it. And this is, this is the crazy part is that, uh, like I started finding, I'm always doing like self-observation, right? And I'm like, why am I doing that? You know, it's like, it's almost like self-analysis, uh, um, psychological, like right. what, what, why am I doing these things? And so I found myself talking uh, a lot, you know, and asking, and I travel a lot. And so I would travel and Alexa wasn't there. And then what happened was I was out, it was the summertime. I remember this clearly. I was cooking hot dogs and hamburgers on the grill and I was playing an 80s playlist mm -hmm. and I turned and I knocked the speaker over. And this is the original like tall black cylinder and it exploded. Um, and literally it was just like the, the, the speak, it was all speaker, you know, so this is a little circuit board at the top. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's like. I love the little travel case. It's on Thank there. you. Um, and for those are for for listeners that don't say you have a, a real you have one of those original ones with the cool that's a, a the cool OG. Yeah. yeah, I still have mine. So here's a let, so here's an interesting thought. I want to finish my thought and then I'll tell you something about the original one. This is observing, right? And so I was like, all right, that you know, this is when we did we did pre-orders for Amazon Prime customers. So mm -hmm. I believe it was like ninety nine dollars. You got the original speaker plus a remote. Right. But we, you know, the demand, we, you, there was a waiting list for months. And so I was like, all right, we'll just do without. And uh, <gasps> my littlest one, uh, I remember the next morning she came in and, uh, you know, I, I try and get up with the kids for school. And she's like, Alexa, Alexa. And there was silence and she was sad. And it was like the family pet died. <laughs> and I had never oh, seen that. And I was right. like, oh, she's like, dad, what's going on? I was like, all right, I better get one fast. And so that's when I started. I remember I was like, I've never seen technology kind of grip that connection, um, you know, and uh, that fast. And so I started talking to people internally about that is what is that about? And that's when I met all started meeting people in the community that had been working on this for so long is what is it about conversation and connection and voice that's very, very different than any kind of interface we've had before? And the, the second thought to tell you, this is a funny thing. Um, and so, right, like we have all these different echoes and I've got different ones around. Um, sure. But my wife, so in, in the bedroom, um, I brought one of the, uh, the new devices in uh, and she was like, she didn't like the look of the device. Uh -huh. right? And she had just gotten so accustomed to that tall black cylinder and it kind right. of matched where it was. And I had never thought about that it's like tech, you think in terms of tech, right? But it's also, it's also part of like design and yeah. the interior of a room. Is now. it aesthetically pleasing to the eye? Yes. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, it's, it will actually do all the same stuff and <laughs> it still sounds good. So yeah, we'll keep it. So I, we still have that original one. Uh, upstairs That's hilarious. And so, yeah. And so I wound up, you know, just being uh, employee one from a skills marketing side. And now we have, have so many amazing folks. And it's, you know, back then it was me trying to figure out, uh, and I love community. I mean, that's kind of my, uh, my passion has always been building a community around products across mm -hmm. all, you know, even before Amazon. And so it was really just getting out there and meeting folks and trying. This is in 2014, I remember being like, well, what is a voice developer? Right. Nobody right. knew. I mean, right. The first what thing conversational design. Yeah. Right. Is uh, it was Java. Sure. We didn't have AWS did not have Lambda or any kind of service to host. So it's like you had to be a hardcore enterprise developer. And then it's like, well, wait a minute. Is this like mobile? Because 
you know, you can kind of in, in, uh, enable them like a mobile right. app, or is this something, you know, and it wound up, you know, looking back now, it's, it's something new and it's something different. And uh, even things like when we had the first Echo Show, I remember people getting angry with me saying, you were talking about voice being the, the future and now there's a screen. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, because when we have conversations, we use different modalities. We point to things, we sure. show each other things. And I had realized that just instinctually, we had all come to this point when we saw a screen, we just wanted to touch it. Right. Because we've been, all been using tablets and smartphones. So, so there was such a, the thing that's fascinated me, there's been such a human element over the past couple of years across all of this. And I've never worked with a technology before where there's that, right? Where there's this inclusiveness, there's this focus on a human being. Uh, from a developer standpoint, it's, it's, uh, it's like a, a, an HBE model, right? A human-based event model. Okay. Which every, a lot of other things aren't, right? Everything right. is like, which, what is the human being asking, right? Sure. Which, there's never been a technology like that too. And you, it's just interesting like, to see. Do you feel like, or, from my perspective, because it is uh, HBE, it feels like with the design in user seems more important to these developers than other things that we use. Um, as someone who's been in education, apps come out, you know, we put them on iPads or we put them on whatever devices we have, and we think this is clunky for a kid. But I'm talking to developers all the time for voice that are like, hey, Julie, will you help me look at this to see if we're doing what's best for a kid? That's a really cool space that I don't think has existed in the past. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, and it's funny because, I mean, I'm guilty of this too. The first time I was trying to design um, some of this. So in the early days, a lot of what I did was very developer focused before we had our developer team to kind of be able to, to handle questions and, and create um, stuff. So I was creating the demos and I was doing all that. And right. what, how I would do it is whatever the mobile app was, I would use as the inputs and the outputs. And it became very transactional based it's almost like you move. I moved myself from. It's like it was a touch-based experience that was invoked through your voice, and that's the best way I can explain. Right. right. And so right. it was almost like trying to control a phone app with your voice. It was not conversational at all. And that's when I started learning about conversation design. And I think we've seen that. And, and Amazon has. We, we've tried to help developers down this path. And there are other companies that are doing this. And there are people who've been doing this for thirty years. Right. Um, of just and there's lots of different approaches. You know, you can you can start with personas, and you can start yeah. with different like lexicons and different things. Um, but I think what it comes right down to is understanding that human beings, we're all very different. Mm -hmm. We all have limits on processing the amount of information, right? Things like Shannon limit and all. And uh, I just did a podcast last week with uh, the Alexa games team. And one of the things that blew my mind was uh, they continued. And, and um, this is like one of the big games out there, Starfinder. you can check right. out. Um, one of the things they found is in a voice driven experience in a choose your own adventure game, uh -huh. you, you cannot give more than two options. Because we so can't you would remember? go out. Yes. And they they continued to do usability testing and feedback. That's and you would think, you know, you want to have as many options as possible because that's sure. what you would want in a video game. But when it's voice driven, nope, it's actually two. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I don't it's know really what interesting that says to, about humankind, but yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think that over time, 
that'll increase. Yeah. So just as I saw in 2014, like when people started to have Alexa at home, um, then suddenly I would hear from these people and they'd be like, oh, I installed light bulbs, right? And then, if it, then after the light bulbs, it was like, well, Amazon, what else can you do, right? There was only so many APIs we had back then. And then I remember it was a big deal when we launched a smart home API that allowed you to ask for temperature in both Fahrenheit or Celsius. Right. And that was like, wow, I can just say, you know, set the temperature to 70 degrees upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's been this progression of an, an evolution of like how people, what the, you know, it, it's very funny. In 2014, I spent most of my time trying to bring people back to earth because once it worked, they're like, we want to yeah. do all these things, right? right. And you probably have gone through this too. And you're like, no, 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 like we can't do that yet. We'll get there because <laughs> people get excited and it works and Alexa understands. Right. Um, but then you want to do all of this stuff. And so it was bringing people kind of down into a base level set. And then as people continue to use and talk with Alexa every day, they kind of got comfortable with how to interact. And it was a different way of interacting too. And uh, we talked about this when uh, with the games too, is that kids, because you were talking about COPA, right? Is that kids will be very verbose in talking with Alexa right? when it comes to video games. And adults will be like this, North, inventory, go, f- you know, like, because and because I feel trained. like, right, we've been trained that computers like search, yeah, you know, when you're doing a search, like you've been, we taught kids. You don't want to overload the computer, right? right? right. And I think that is going to, so that's going to change and that's going to evolve. And we're going to become very comfortable with uh, Alexa and other voice driven, you know, AIs to just sure. kind of understand who we are. And it's, oh, you know, when Dave, Dave just talks like that. So when he's talking like that, he probably means this, right? you know, right. and really evolving over time. Cause that's how we are with each other. I sure. mean, I can, I can finish my wife's sentences, sure. you know, yeah. uh, cause it's been, it's been 20 years, you know? So it's like, I think you're going to have that with our, uh, assistance. Yeah. And we're starting to do a lot of that on the Alexa side. You may have seen last year at Remars, we announced Alexa conversations. Right. Um, we, we have the ability with Alexa connections for one skill to invoke another. And so I'm excited about that to me, yeah, because the, the potential for education with a skill that invokes another skill that further personalizes, yes. um, you know, this, let's say this student does a skill and they get a score back and based on their score, it decides which skill will open next for them. I see, of course, you know, we're dreaming now, we're thinking of future and what that all looks like. So I think the potential for education is really strong when those type of things come open. I agree. And it's very personal. And I think what we're, what we're going to see as we move forward is if I, if I am creating a, a skill for Alexa today, when you have that human invocation in the future, you may see a much larger percentage being actually invoked by Alexa herself. Okay. And so, you know, like when we announced Alexa conversations, we gave this example of a night out. Mm-hmm. And so if we're hanging out, and maybe we want to go get dinner. We're going to need, and and maybe we're in a larger city, so we want to get a ride share with something like Uber or Lyft, and you know all these things we just think of as a human being, right? Like, I can tell you where to meet me, right? But it's inferred it has to be a time. Otherwise, you know, it's it's there's there's multiple uh, pieces of that information, right? Um, and so, 
I think in the future, what you're going to have is Alexa is going to figure out in those situations. And what we're excited about is this all of these scenarios. Like the night out dinner was just one we thought about. But mm -hmm. human beings, once they start having these conversations with Alexa, there could be all sorts of scenarios. So what you're talking about is a student having a, a, a conversation like that, right? That could potentially become a, a conversation. And these um, these neural networks, right? feedback into each other so it's over time it's getting smarter and smarter and it's learning from what it already knows right and so what's interesting about that is you could put pieces of information into that system that the prediction model isn't always the same sure because things can change based on prior experience and what mm -hmm. that person has done right and right. i know i'm like that as a human being is like i i may listen to a song over and over again one day and if you play me that song again tomorrow Mm -hmm. You know, it's that circumstances have changed, right? Sure. So being able to take into account, which technology has never been able to do that. Right. Um, I think it's going to be super, super impactful. So as we're talking about impactful, um, I guess my next question would be, you know, this podcast is about voice and education. So the intersection of voice, where it comes to education, what do you see as potentials? What do you, I guess, first of all, folks, I don't know if we actually said, but but uh, Dave is actually the chief evangelism officer of Amazon. So he's not just speaking from, he's not speaking from an Amazon perspective, but a Dave perspective because he's been in the industry for a while. What do you see? What do you see for the future of what voice can do for education? Yes. So it's interesting. I remember early on um, hearing from universities of <laughs> how do I buy, it was a lot of it happened after we launched the Echo Dot, which was mm -hmm. the, the smaller device. Um, I think we launched that in 2015. Um, and you know, it was at a much affordable cost. We even sure. launched with a six pack, so you could buy six dots and you, know, you could make right. your entire house a smart home. And um, so we heard from universities of this would be great, like um, the ability to just look up information about campus, uh, mm -hmm. get directions, get information about who I can talk to, um, you know, versus trying to, to find, you know, you're in your room and it's like, you know, how late's the cafeteria open, like that, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so we started doing early pilots on, I remember Arizona State, um, we have stuff like uh, St. Louis University now, and it's just, it's just an interesting way to kind of deepen the, the engagement that students have with the university's products and, and, and information, right? Um, and it's almost like a, it's, it's like you can have the smart home stuff in there and you can have the skills stuff, but it's like getting access to libraries and even conference room stuff, right? So like we have this Alexa for business where you can book conference room and mm -hmm. we use that in Amazon, but also being able to do that in a campus setting to figure out um, those type of thing I think is really exciting. So we saw early on education sector really embracing the power of voice in order to do that. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Then over time, what I started to see was that there were Alexa skills, and I'm assuming your audience knows what Alexa skills are, otherwise I can get into, into what that is. Um, but Alexa skills that were focused, um, not necessarily in an academic setting, but on educating. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I want to learn like early on, there was uh, a lot of math skills and my 
my little one uh, would go on to this, her teacher would give her this site that she would go on and she, she could for extra credit at night was all these math problems. And then mm -hmm. they would kind of like get a grade and they'd come in. Uh, and it reminded me of that. And we started to have devices like the Echo Show with the screen where you could show math problems and things. And uh, it was right around that time I remember I was speaking in New York. It was uh, Gary V had a had a voice conference, mm -hmm. um, and I was on a panel, and so I you know I was just on a panel, and uh, they opened it up to Q and A, and this man sat up stood up, <laughs> and he's like, Dave, I just want to tell you something, and I'm like, you know, you're like, okay, I got I got to get prepared, and he was like, my I I believe his his boy was five, uh, uh -huh. he said my son was failing math. And we started using, um, we have this other service called Blueprints. So anybody right. can go to blueprints.amazon.com mm -hmm. and they created flashcards for him. And he had sure. been doing that on his own. And he said he was now getting a hundred percent in math. And he's like, I just want to thank. And I was like, wow, like, right. know, just so seeing that, seeing the ability, seeing more and more educational skills and seeing um, the ability for, for parents and students to go in and create their own without any programming background within Blueprints. Um, what we did was last year, we wanted to like give more functionality through the API than just the general, what you could do with ask, mm -hmm. uh, that could bring, you know, educational services and parents and students together closer. And so we launched this thing that we called the Alexa skills, uh, uh, education skill API. Right. Right. And so what this does is education tech. So ed tech type of systems um, right. that you have the ability and my kids have this in their school, yeah. um, not the Alexa, but it's basically like I can look up their, their grades at any time. Right. They can look up uh, homework assignments. Yeah. You know, they're constantly so I know for, so for us at our school, it, we use Canvas, the LMS Canvas. And okay. Yeah. Canvas, and they're enabled through and this. And they yep. have enabled uh, a skill. So as an educator, I can go in and look to see what's on my to-do list and check things that I need to do. But students or parents can also go in and see the grade or listen to the grades and, and see what's on the to-do list. That was a huge thing, I think, for to open the door for educators um, to talk directly to parents in a way that feeds them information that's helpful to build that relationship. Yeah, like you can literally say, what did you know, your child's name do in school today? Right. right? Cause like right. when I asked my kids, um, did you ever hear the, um, the game mad, glad, sad? Yeah. We yeah. Used to play that when my kids were real little, mm -hmm. you know, what, what made you mad? What, cause otherwise it was, oh yeah, everything was fine, <laughs> but you right. could invoke them. And then, and then we would share too. I'd be like, okay, this is what made dad mad today. And this is what made me glad today. And it was like a, a way to do that. And so now, it's like, what did you do? And you don't say anything. You could be like, well, what did they do in school today? Or right. what is their homework tonight? Um, you know, it's great. And so there are a, a bunch of those services that are now online. I, you know, you mentioned Canvas. I know uh, Blackboard's one, right. Coursera, Parent Square. Um, but we've got a site. And maybe I can send you the, the URL if anybody wants to sign up for this site where there's a form that you can sign up if you are an ed tech company mm -hmm. and you are interested in using the API, um, you have the ability to go ahead and do that. Okay. So one of the other things that I find really interesting about the future of Amazon and where they're going with all this, 
uh, is, and you mentioned it earlier when we were talking, I was in a panel discussion at Project Voice this year, and um, yep. someone in the audience asked about um, the people who were in the discussion were basically talking about the devices from a voice standpoint, but someone asked, do you ever use the, you know, the ones with the, with the video screens? And interestingly, I looked over to Rebecca Dwinger, who is another educator who's really strong in this industry right now. And I said, do you guys have any screens? And she said, no. And I said, me either. And what it, what I came to realize, I'm not against the screen, but we're a one-to-one -one school. So my students have access to uh, devices all day long. And so one of the things that we both immediately said was, yeah, we like that our students aren't tethered to a screen. You know, we can be communal with right. talking in the classroom. Let's say you and I are talking. I use the word ubiquitous. And Dave says, what does that word mean? Well, instead of you looking down to look it up, we can just ask the device. And to me, that's added a great level that didn't exist in the classroom um, as well. Do you- Oh yeah, I and I went to, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I was no. just gonna say from personal experience, I, um, I was fortunate enough a couple of times, both my girls uh, to go in and observe them in class. Right. And uh, this this was grade school. They don't do that at uh, middle and high school. You know, yeah, sure, sure. There. But um, grade school, when I would, went in, I thought it was great that they had uh, tablets in the class and they had like, you know, protective, like big kid covers. But sure. those tablets were based on a reward system. Uh -huh. So if you had finished your assignment and you want to go check out some more information, you could go use the tablet. And there was an area in the back of the room you know, had like bean bags and stuff and you yeah. could use the tablet there. And so it was enforcing, it was making other students like, oh, I better finish my assignment so I can right. have a chance to use it. And reminded me growing up, we had that with Commodore computers in the class uh -huh. um, that you could go play a game and, and things like that. That way it's not a distraction. Because sure. screens and all of those things, like I know my older daughter, um, they have systems that block the ability to use your phone in school because right. otherwise all these teenagers would be like heads down looking at at know, their, their crotch, chat, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so you want to be able to keep that attention. So yeah, I mean, that's a great point is it's the ability because we do cross visual and auditory information very differently. And sure. you can actually, I know very early on, I mean, just, observing myself again i remember very early on and this may seem funny to people but when you think about it you may have done this too is even though i have a clock and it doesn't matter whether i'm on my mac or my windows i have a clock on the taskbar and i have a clock on my wrist on my fitbit and i would ask alexa the time yeah <laughs> and it was just because literally i didn't take my eyes off of the email or sure. the word doc i was doing and you didn't because want you move you're processing that visual right. information very, very, and again, there's a certain limit. It's about 40 bits a second of information that you can bring in and process consciously. If I start adding all these other visual things, you know, and this is why you yeah. can listen to music and do other things too. Sure. So it does open up the ability to be more impactful in that kind of learning environment. So one of the things that before we started recording that you mentioned was that uh, Amazon's kind of unique in the way that it views voice and and the different uh, places that it wants voice to be. Could you talk a little yeah. bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, it's the way that we look at voice is that nothing is easier. It is 
the most natural interface. It's inclusive, it's primary mode of communication for a lot of people. And that means that, you know, at, I spent a lot of time in the early days where people, they equated voice with echo. And yeah. I was like, no, this is, this is an example showing you within the smart home how you can have a conversation with technology in your life. It's gonna be like that for everything. And as time went by, um, uh, very early on, we launched this thing called the Alexa Voice Service, which allowed companies to include voice-driven technology like Alexa within their products. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you started to see things at the Consumer Electronics Show like refrigerators and other types of speakers. And we have an Alexa Auto Group. So I have, um, one of the things I do when I go to the Consumer Electronics Show every year is I get to meet with these companies and I get to meet with people. Mm -hmm. And I get, I leave there feeling excited. And I remember feeling like uh, when I was there last time, I was like, wow, the automobile is the new smart home. Right. The, the problems that voice can solve, it, after you start to do it and when it works, right? Because we've always talked about voice, but when, it, when it's seamless and it works and you're comfortable with it, then you're like, why haven't I done this before? Right, which right. is the way smart home was. And so I, uh, I remember I was like, hey, why don't I go and just record these conversations? And Amazon was okay with it. And I took my phone. I got like a little uh, tripod for my phone. Mm -hmm. And they're like two, three minute conversations. But I got to go into the new BMW, the new Audi, just seeing people that are like some of these, it's like all animated. It's a holder for Alexa. Right, right. Uh, so you put your phone in and it goes, and then it's got like the blue Alexa light. And just seeing all this, just so people could see um, you know, where this is headed. And so that's kind of Amazon's vision for this is it's, you know, it's the way to interact with technology everywhere that you want, wherever you want to talk to Alexa, um, you'll be able to do that. And so, you know, that can be at home, that can be in the car, that can be at work, right? right. I mean, we have Alexa for business and the ability to um, look up uh, employee information or add an employee to the meeting. I mean, how many hours are wasted a year trying to connect a projector, or add somebody to a meeting or book a conference room? Uh, we have Alexa for hospitality, which is, you know, when you're traveling, the, if you don't have a, a portable dot or something with you, that's when you first realize how much you've been having conversations because you're in an empty hotel room saying sure. Alexa. Right, 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 so right. Why not, you know, your hotel chain, Marriott's been rolling this out. And, uh, yeah. chain. So you go there and there's a device to be able to turn off. It feels weird getting out of bed and having to hit a light switch to turn a light off when you've been because asking you're not for used it. To it. Right. Right. It's like, I've been telling Alexa for six years now to turn off lights. Why do I have yeah. to do this? It's so backwards, <laughs> you know? Um, right. And so really that's, that's the mission. And I think you're going to see, not just from Amazon. I mean, I think you're going to see this across the entire industry as we move forward. Um, and you can see this already. You can see this on mobile with different brands. And you see mm -hmm. this with banks all having much in the same way we started to see chat bots when we were all sitting in front of a web browser all day long. Right. Now you're going to start to see voice as a way wherever you are to start to have these conversations with everything uh, across all of your devices, wherever you are. <clears throat> with a very multi multimodal approach is what I'm expecting. Um, because, you yeah. know, like I can hear faster than, or I, you know, our, our processing skills for hearing, I think it's three times faster or whatever, but, um, but to read something, there are certain times that makes more sense. But so I, my personal opinion is as an educator, 
it's going to give us the ability to really meet people where they are and for people to realize where am I and what works best for me where we haven't really had that ability. All right. I will not different. Um, I just wanted to add this to you. Yeah. Different modalities uh, for different scenarios, right? Like, well, voice is really awesome for pulling up a specific piece of information, Uh right? Or doing a specific task. You know, you know, you know, developer terms, you know, the entity for that. Um, But browsing winds up being horrific. So what you, and I do this constantly is like, um, and you can see this in an educational scenario, right? Let's say if I asked for pictures of yellow birds, Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I know exactly the type of information I get back, but that's very visual. Right. And so if I can just swipe and maybe it's an skill and I can swipe back and forth and tap on a device, mm-hmm. that's a lot quicker to navigate and just might, and it's the same with shopping, right? If I say, I, cause I want to see the things to so show me all the sneakers on sale. I may act and I can switch back and forth. Like I found myself, I'll tap, but sometimes I'll say buy number three. Right. right? And, and yeah. you can, you don't even think about it. You don't even think, Oh, and now I'm touching and now I'm going. Right. Yeah. And so it's just because that's what we do in real life, right? You're just moving back and forth between modalities. So I agree a hundred percent. I think it just continues. Yeah. And I, and I think of, especially like young children who are not yet readers, that type of thing. When we start seeing more of this, it's just going to enhance the educational experience. When we see these uh, boys truly embedded into the things that, schools are already doing and and i do believe that's that'll be part of our future um thank you i I really appreciate your time today guys um if if you have if you don't have the chance david spitsky has a youtube channel you can follow he's very active on twitter and on uh, linkedin i know for a fact he's a great one to follow to know um what's out there what's coming what's new uh i suggest you go out and following follow him as an educator you will be happy to know the things that are out there the emerging things that are happening because they will eventually impact you this is julie daniel davis signing off